Good morning, church. Will you stand with me this morning? I hope you've come to worship the one true God living, breathing. He's living in us today. Can you pray with me real quick as we get started? God, we just pray that you would be in this place, be in this moment, God. We want to lift you up with song. And right now, Lord, if there are people here, Lord, that have got things on their mind, things on their heart, Lord, we just ask you, to just eliminate that right now that you would just allow us to focus and praise the audience of one this morning. God, we love you. We thank you. You are in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.
done great things. He's still doing great things. Amen.
saying you're faithful, God. We thank you, God, that you're faithful. And you will do, Lord, what you said you would do. You never fail us, God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. First John chapter 4. Verse 16 says, and we know and rely on the love of God. It says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have the confidence on that day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. He first loved us. Amen. He called us to him. And today, as we get ready to celebrate what Jesus did, and we take our communion, I want you to know that as much as he loved us, we'll never be able to love others like he loved us. But he calls us to do it. Amen? So today, as you get the cup, as you get the bread, As you take time, just celebrate. Be thankful. Just pray. Let that love shine through me. Let others see Jesus in me today. Father, thank you for this time. We ask you, Lord, to bless it. To allow us to see the love. We've already experienced it. You've already forgiven us. You've already given us new life, but today, allow us to be your hands and feet to the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
Stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. 
praise one more time with all that you have. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning. Last week, uh, Dave, you were here, shared uh, with us uh, a, a vision, some new things and ideas and ministries uh, that we have been contemplating, praying about, discussing, talking about, arguing about uh, for a long time as a staff. And uh, what we want to do over the next month is give you guys just a picture of, of how things uh, function around here as a whole, uh, what they look like, and then uh, ask the question and, and kind of cast that vision and inspiration and, and share with you the big whys, because I think it's really important for us to not only understand how we do things, but why we do things, right, uh, as a church and as a family. And so that is our attempt this morning. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to play the role of pick your favorite talk show host. I'm going to go with Sally Jesse Raphael. See, you guys would be the only ones who even remember who that was. Or Morton Downey Jr., remember him? Like he would throw stuff and smoke and drink on stage. I'm not going to do that this morning. I'll wait till tonight to do that kind of stuff. Uh, but but I, we want to share with you guys just a picture of what early childhood ministry and our kids' ministry look like. So, as you can see, we got a couple guests on stage this morning. You guys may know these people, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves first and kind of give you their uh, title and role. And then I'm going to kind of just ask them some questions, and you guys get to listen in as we kind of just discuss early childhood and children. So, Matt, why don't you go for Yeah, grab those mics. And, Matt, why don't you go first? Just kind of tell everybody that may not know who you are. Make sure it's on. There we go. All right. Uh, my name's Matt Krebs. I've been around for about 15, 16 years uh, at different roles. I started here just as a guy in the seats. Um, within a year of being here, I was baptized by Dave and uh, been a deacon and an elder and was blessed to fill the spot of uh, children's minister uh, at a time when we needed it. Couldn't be happy. <laughs> Luckily, this light kind of helps shield some of it, but I think Tiffany and I are both much more comfortable on stage with 300 kids versus adults. For sure. So my name is Tiffany Roberts, and uh, I guess my role is elementary minister. So I work with students in kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, a little bit about me. I started attending here regularly when I was in middle school, was baptized when I was in high school. Jason was my youth minister. Um, and I then started uh, volunteering with high school kids because I was a teacher and I was like, don't put me with kids. I'm sick of them, but I'll do high school kids. So I served there for about 20 years. And then during the pandemic, uh, Dave just called me and said, Hey, we have an opening. Would you consider it? So I'm, now I'm here. You considered it. I considered it. <laughs> we had that conversation and Dave was like, I like him. I'm going to call Tiff. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. He's like, I'm going to call her. What, she, only, what she, can she do? She can just say, she, all she can do is turn me down. He's like, I've been turned down before. So he made that phone call, and I was glad to hear that 
Uh, yeah, when, it was a when uh, Dave a when Dave one. called me to the office, I thought I was in trouble. He's like, yeah. "Hey, Matt, I need you to yeah. time to get off work tonight." And I'm yeah. like, "Probably around six. I need you to meet me in my office." Yeah. Like, I've been called to the principal's office. office before. I thought I was getting called to the office. <laughs> so, uh, so one of the one of the things we want you guys to see is how children's ministry is um, really what it is. It's a tool, right? It's a tool for our church. To, to reach families. We're, I'm going to talk a little bit here at the end about specifically how that fits into what Jesus showed us in his ministry. Uh, but what we want you guys to see, and you guys already sense this, see this, have experienced this, uh, especially in this service. Uh, most of you, a lot of you have benefited from your kids, your grandkids, uh, kids that you deeply care about and love have benefited from the ministry of at Shelby Christian Church. One of the things that I take so much pride in is knowing that for over, well, since, what, 1968, since it was established, this church has always put a huge emphasis on young families and on children and what that means. Because we know that those are the people who, who, who we can connect with, who we can relate to uh, at different times and different seasons in our lives. I, I think back to, and I'll just share a real quick um, story about how this impact, impacted my life specifically. In 1978, so I was five, my parents decided to check this church out for the very first time. They were going to a, a very rural country church in Spencer County. And, and my mom had, so I was five, I had a sister that was 16 months, is 16 months younger than me, and then I have a sister that was, was a baby. So she had three kids under the age of five, right? So she had her hands full. My dad was serving as a deacon and, and would serve communion and do all those things in the church on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. So she would sit there in this small country church that didn't have a nursery, that didn't have a children's program, that had nothing. It basically had a room that you could go and take your kid, but but it was not staffed, right? So you could go and take your kid if they started crying or they needed their diaper changed, those kind of things. So she would sit there in the the pew, uh, this wooden pew in this small country church, and basically wrestle the three of us and try to keep us occupied while she tried to get something out of church. And so she, she got to the point where she just looked at us and and, and I think she just realized this is I, this is impossible. I, I, I might as well just stay home because you know it's it's almost impossible. And so they visited here one Sunday morning. And my mom tells the story how they were walking in the the doors of the church, um, and this lady uh, she's gone on to be with Jesus now, but her name was Wilma Brown. And Wilma Brown was standing at the door, and she saw my mom with the three of us walking into church. And my, uh, she looked at my mom. She said, "Can I take that baby from you? We've got we've got a nursery. We got we got somewhere we could let, let me let me take the baby. Let me take these kids. I'll show them where the children's ministry is and where the nursery is." And my mom was basically like, "Yes, take them right." And it was the first Sunday she said she was able to sit in a church service and listen to a preacher preach a sermon and actually feel like she got something out of a worship service. And and I, and I say that to say this, I don't know, I don't know what my life, <laughs> I don't know what my spiritual journey would have been like if Shelby Christian Church hadn't been prepared in 1978 for young families. And so this is why we do what we do in this area. This isn't a side ministry. This isn't a silo ministry. This isn't a ministry that, hey, uh, we're going to take care of your kids so you can come in here and have real church. I used to hate the phrase, well, the kids are the church of the future. That's, that's wrong. 
Kids are a part of, they are a part of today's church. I understand the sentiment, right? They're going to grow up and we're going to turn all this over to them. I get it. But, but they aren't just the church in waiting. They're not in the bullpen. They're not on the sidelines. They are a vital part of what we're doing today in the ministry of Shelby Christian Church. So we want to kind of share, share with that uh, this morning with you guys a little glimpse of that. So here's the first thing I want to do, Matt. Uh, let's, Tiffany, let's, uh, let's start with you and then Matt this question. What does a typical Sunday morning look like for you and your staff, your volunteers and your kids? your ministry okay well on sunday morning once you drop or check in your kids and drop them off um we usually have a few minutes where they can just hang out with each other hang out with small group leaders play some games just talk whatever um and then once we start service we will play like a large group game then we worship and do we we do about three four songs and then we'll have a small group, or I'm sorry, a large group teacher who will like tell the Bible story, and then we'll split into small groups, and then kind of come back and hang out. Okay. Uh, similar, when you come down to the early childhood area in the front of the building, it's down by the gym, we have a check-in area. You'll check the kids in. It's a touch screen, whole security system there for us. We're able to secure the building, which is huge for me. I love that. We get the kids into their individual rooms. We have three rooms set up by age or try to do by age. Sometimes we have older kids with little ones, but um, two to three, three to four, four to five. We have the three rooms where the kids are able to play. They're able to unwind and meet friends and have fun. They'll do that for just a little while. Then we'll break off into the big room um, or the multi-purpose room. And there I'll, uh, I'll get on stage and, and do a skit where I have to I have to act silly and that's hard for you i know it, it's terrible you know they made me wear a tigger outfit a few weeks ago it was terrible so got up on stage you know act fun teach um sing three songs the kids really really love the worship side of it the songs we do um we do three songs every week i've tried to do two and they can count to three by the age they know so um then we'll through the skit we're going to teach the kids um, at least one verse and one main saying or main topic. Um, here lately, it's been Jesus is alive. So that, that one, you may see kids running around going, Jesus is alive, because we do silly hand motions to make it fun too. So, And then at the end, we go back to our classrooms where the kids get to color and have a snack. So if you're ever worried that your kid's not going to calm down, I can't calm them down with toys, singing and dancing, snack and coloring. Man, there you it's, go. An, it's easy. Tiffany, you were mentioning this week, we were talking a little bit about uh, the core values, like you call them life apps. So share with us, like, what, what uh, just an example of what that is and how that's incorporated into your, uh, into the kids' ministry. Okay. So our core values, they kind of focus on what God is doing with you or in you and how you can change the world around you. Um, each month we get a new core value or virtue. And um, it's just organized around, like, what kids should most likely be experiencing around that time of year. So, like, example, this month we're talking about being resilient. We know it's the end of the school year. <laughs> They're ready to give up. They're checked out. Um, but we're just like, no, we keep going. You know, right. bounce back. You can finish strong. So, Matt, you mentioned that with your, in your area, kind of the core of it is, is introducing Bible characters. Correct. And some of those kind of big big picture stories that we all, you know, learn as children. So kind of share how that kind of plays into your ministry. So going a little bit deeper than just the same stories we've all learned growing up in the church, 
I've been trying to break out and even send home paperwork for each family to give them a deeper look at each character, whether it's whether it's Jesus one week or Jesus risen or Jesus the child or any of the disciples, uh, woman at the well, different things. So they learn a deeper look, and it's very age appropriate for these kids that they can learn a little bit more about that person. So we have less people putting the wrong person in the ark. <laughs> right. Um, we were talking this week also about um, one of the things you guys want to focus on, kind of as, a, as your, your ministries are, are, are different in, in different areas because of obviously the a different uh, breakdown of ages. But there's uh, some things that you guys want to do together, kind of work together. We talked about family events. Um, you, you guys said you kind of have a goal to do several of those a year. Share with us, like, what, when, you, when we hear when the church as a whole says, hey, we're doing a family event, what is that? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you guys doing those kind of things? Got it. Um, um, I'm the doer. She's the planner. She plans <laughs> extremely well. I help pull it off. Um, we are lucky to be involved in some of the biggest events here at the church, whether it's the big things you see like the family fall event for Halloween out on the fields, the trunk, uh, the uh, Easter egg hunt, the summer times. We've got several events we do, um, Waterpalooza this year. We're going to do movie nights, things that we're inviting as a family, not drop your kid off, go to the store. We're trying to have it inclusive for the whole family to learn. Yes, we know you need those moments by yes. yourself away from kids. We get that. Yes. Um, but we also just want to just be very intentional or intentional about um, creating experiences for families um, to have fun together, um, just to have experiences together, but also just to create a community in our church, in our community. So. We, we want you guys to, to really see and understand um, that and you get this, those of you who are really engaged, obviously, in, in raising your kids, your grandkids, um, that we, we, we don't view ourselves on the staff of the, of the church as the spiritual, um, primary spiritual guide or leader in your family. You are, as a parent, right, as a grandparent, you are the spiritual guides in their family. What, what we want to do is we want to come alongside of you as parents uh, as young parents, hey, you know, they're raising these kids, like, like my mom, you know, th- three kids in the age of five, I, you know, she was, she was doing all this on the fly at the very first, and, and my dad, like, you know, when you be, when Brody came along, he's almost 14 years old, sometimes I want to look at him and go, dude, I'm sorry, like, you're, you're figuring this all out, guess what, I, you're the first shot, you're my guinea pig, right, I'm figuring this all out myself as a dad, I don't know, there's no handbook that comes along with this, and so we want to walk along with parents and say, hey, let's do this together, not that we replace, not that they or their ministries or their volunteers replace parents at all but how can we walk alongside and equip you you'll hear that word again over and over how can we equip you and, and really help you in, in raising your kids and so that's kind of a big piece of what family events are is trying to get together have fun fellowship be encouraged by by other families that kind of thing um let me ask you this question we we talk about um developing relationships with people and how that's a real key part when we talk about developing as as a christ follower let's talk about investing in our kids why do you guys think it's important and how do we do it what's the when you think about like investing in kids and why someone who maybe doesn't have a kid a child in in that your area right now should view this as an important an important role or important aspect of our church tiffany you go first 
Well, as you know, we are coming out of a pandemic, and we know that was hard on families, and it's especially hard on kids. Um, a lot of times you may not know or see how hard it was on kids, um, but the reality, the reality is that kids' mental health, um, the numbers are increasing. Kids are dealing with anxiety, depression. Even elementary kids are dealing with, like, suicidal thoughts, um, which is alarming because we didn't really have to grow up that way. Um, and so our kids just really need us to invest in them. And kind of like you talked about, even though you said you don't like this, we are building the church of the future. We are building the next generation leaders. And so they they need us. Um, and we just want church to be a safe place for them. Um, and the best way um, to let kids know that um, know God is to connect them with people who know God. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. You know, simple. And I think people think, oh, gosh, I've got to be a small group leader. I'm not called to do that. But, like, we're not even asking you to do that. Just building relationships with kids can be something simple. Like, if you see a kid walking in the hallway and you get to know their name every week, just say, hey, John, hey, Parker. You know, um, just remembering a kid's name can make a big difference in their life. Um, When you see them, give them a handshake or a fist bump or even hugs. Um, you know, just to show them that they are important. It doesn't have to be something huge, but we really just need to build relationships with kids, invest in them, and just let them know that they matter. Matt, in your area, you know, two, three, four, five years old, you could kind of quickly, or you could kind of mistakenly fall into the, oh, this is just babysitting. But it's not babysitting. It's investing in kids' lives in a, in a real practical way. It is definitely not babysitting. It's not child care. It is friends. I mean, Yesterday, I got tackled by kids from our church on the soccer field because they wanted to see me. We talked. We went over their Bible verses, and it is so much more. When you, if you treat the kids like you're babysitting them or it's child care, that's what you're going to get. Right. Trying to get my volunteers to develop relationships, to sit down and play with the kid that's having a hard time, to talk to them about God individually. Um, experienced yeah. a great moment just a few weeks ago with Jenny where one of the older kids is starting to get more inquisitive and in, in asking some, they were pretty deep questions. And I look over and she is face to face with this little girl who's asking her about how Jesus died and rose again. And, and since then, every week when that she walks in the room, she runs right to Miss Jenny. It, it's a relationship that goes on and on and on. I had stuff written about my kids on this sheet and totally forgot. The importance of the relationships started when my, fir- my firstborn started going to elementary, and he had a great leader. And every week, it was, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what we learned today because of my leader. If I remembered his name at the moment, it would be great. But <laughs> Brennan does. Brennan still talks about it. So he is now a freshman in college and still remembers who his first small group leader was. Yeah, that's awesome. That's developing relationships. And I think it's so cool you know. when we get to see small group leaders baptize kids mm-hmm. in their small group. That's just so special. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a win, 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 right? Um, how many volunteers, Tiffany, does it take um, for you to let's – go, let's go this first. What's the ideal, like what okay. big picture? If you could have every area, not just covered with a warm body, but like you're rolling, like it's running on all cylinders, everything's clicking – like, it's awesome, and there's 150 kids that show up like we're expecting this fall. What, what do you need um, 
for that to happen? Um, well, I'm going to raise my number then. Um, <laughs> it would probably be about 70 people um, just to really thrive and to be ready for growth. We would need at least 70 people on a Sunday morning. Okay. Matt, what's your number? Um, probably 15 to 20 because of the way I break the rooms down. And okay. in my area, I have different bathroom and diaper needs, so I have to break two people out at a time to take care of one kid. And, and, and because they're going to be similar or the, basically the same service, that's per service, right? So in the fall, so at 9.30 and 11 on a Sunday morning, is that right? No, that's my total. Okay. Um, probably per service, we'd need like 40, 45. 40 Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I would need 15 to 20 per service yeah. on a Sunday because of the three rooms needing their individuals, and then I've got people that do technology. So if, if you're not someone that wants to help play with kids, I've still got lighting, I've got videos, I've got songs, or if you're someone that feels theatric, come on and come act. <laughs> How many do you have currently uh, involved? Consistently on a Sunday morning per service, we have about 23. So, and they're doing multiple services. So less than half, really, of what you need now. And, and as we grow... That number needs to grow, obviously. What about you? I have about 15 for all three services right now and multiple services. So. One of the things we, we talked this week in our office about uh, just kind of this, this um, need is, and I don't remember which one of you guys said this, but you said basically we're, we're staffed currently to survive. And so what, one of the things we want, to he- want you guys to hear, we want our church to hear as a whole this morning in a very real and honest way is that, that these guys are hanging on. <laughs> Their volunteers are hanging on. They're, they're surviving. They're like, no kids are dying on a Sunday morning. No kids are getting lost. <laughs> Everybody's going back home to their parents, hopefully. But, but they're, they're, they're surviving. And their, their volunteers, on some levels, are surviving. And you mentioned just the, sometimes the signs of, of burnout. Talk about that, like what you see sometimes just in your key volunteers that are here a lot. Yes, we are so grateful to be blessed with the volunteers that we do have. And they are really pouring their lives into our kids. Um, but they see the need and they realize, like, that we are just um, surviving. Like, I don't want to be negative, but... Um, they are doing our Wednesday night programs. They're doing our Sunday programs. Any special events, they're the ones showing up. And so we just need, we need some more bodies just to kind of help them out. <laughs> Would you say the same thing? Very much so, same thing. Um, we, we're not only blessed with these people uh, because they're here, because these people are all rock stars. I mean, they are awesome with what they do for us and for the children of this church. We... Um, we need more for them. We need more support for them and for us. Um, we'd like for them to be able to worship with you all in here on one service and then attend and come help us another service so that they're being fed mm-hmm. um, in a live audience. Most of them are going home and watching it online. And it, it, it is a, you know, it's a useful tool, but there's something about being in the room with all you guys while you're singing. Yeah. We loved it this morning because we don't always get to come up here in the mornings. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna ask people to pour themselves out into others, they got to be filled up, right? Mm-hmm. They have to have some kind of 
spiritual nourishment themselves. And so uh, what, what, it, what I've seen over the years, and this is, has been the case for a long time, is that that's what happens, is that people, you know, you, you're needed over there, and they're needed, needed, needed. And it's like, well, when are they getting, getting that back in return? Um, here's something I want to talk about for a second. Um, I found fascinating, interesting, um, heartbreaking this week when we were talking a little bit. Um, how, how, many, how many men, Tiffany, how many men, duh, 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 here we go, right? The, the hammer's getting ready to be laid down. How many men are involved in, in your ministry? Um, so we have about three. All right, stop again. Yeah. You could use 70 volunteers. Say that again? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have three men. Say that again. Three. Okay. Who <laughs> and are they, they do a lot. Who are they? Uh, Marcy Munn, Eric Hyman, and Jimmy Wellman. I see that as a problem. <laughs> Do you see that as an issue, Tiffany? Yes. Um, just because I think, you know, you always hear like, oh, we need guys to come to schools. We need guys to be coaches. And that is all true. We need those things. But we also need guys to be role models for the men in our church um, and the young men in our church because we need them to see what it looks like for men to worship. We need to see what it means for men to have a relationship with God. Um, I know you guys preach a lot, and I will probably get this wrong, but you guys preach about men, if they attended church, Mm -hmm. how much more their families would be involved in church and know God. And so, I mean, that's the same thing for our kids. We just need the role models for them. Would you say the same thing, Matt? Yes, for sure. I mean, as as many things that happen in the church that are volunteer-based, the kids that are running around picking up chairs at the end of the event are watching the men do that. Mm -hmm. Their dads did that. Somebody that they know, that they respect, they saw them putting the chairs up. Well, that even folds down into, hey, he's in here worshiping, and and he's got his hands up. He's really singing to God. That opens up their heart. And they're like, you know what? It's okay for me to do that. Mm -hmm. I can sing and worship God. I can praise God. I can tell my friends about God because this man that I respect. Right. Boys need some men. They do. Uh, you know, raising, raising two boys myself, uh, one of the, the, the vital thing, and I, you don't start looking really, at, I mean, you do, but like, as a, you know, I was a children's minister here for a while, student minister, youth minister, all those things. I've had all those titles, but it wasn't until I actually had kids, had boys that I started to really kind of like think about it and pray about it and understand the vital role of other men in my boys' lives. And they get that at, at some from, from coaches and from other people in our family and, and maybe a teacher at school. But the, the, the impact that the men can have on our young boys is incredible. I think about my life personally. My dad was the spiritual leader of our family, is the spiritual leader of our family. But when I could come here and be in a small group and have people like Kevin Sweezy and Wayne Wilson and Blake Shouse and have a youth minister like Dave Hamlin pour into my life as a young man, it made all the difference in my spiritual walk because they were reinforcing the things that I saw modeled with my father. And so I think these boys specifically um, need that from our, the men in our church. And so one of the felt needs 
we wanted you guys to feel and to understand and to be praying about today is just the, the need for, for more men to step up. I know it can be like, you know, the last thing some of you want to do is go sit in a, in a, a small group with, uh, you know, a dozen third grade boys when they're bouncing off the walls on a Sunday morning. But just showing up and investing in their lives and developing relationships with them when they're eight, nine, ten years old, when they go on into middle school and high school, it it will make, and you, some of you guys, you know this because it's happened with you. It's why you're sitting here today. It will make the biggest difference in the world. And I believe, I honestly believe that some of the things that we see in our society that, that we would wring our hands up and go, why is this society? Why does it look this way? Why is it behaving this way? Why, what's wrong with it? I have to tell you that there are a lot of times where I point back to, to men and to fathers and to male role models not stepping in where they're needed. And that causes a lot of problems. It can cause a lot of problems in our church. It can cause a lot of problems in our schools. It can cause a lot of problems in our communities when men don't step up and lead the way our community and our church needs them to lead. So I wanted you guys to hear, uh, hear about that this morning. All right, so Dave mentioned last week that we're going to, we've been praying about, thinking about, we're planning for a Thursday night service starting up uh, in August, on August 18th. How is that going to change uh, what, what you guys are doing? Uh, what's, what's that look like for Wednesday night going to Thursday night, those kind of things? Tiffany, in your area, what's, what's the difference in that? How's that going to all play out? Uh, what, are you, what are your concerns? What are you excited about in that area? Okay, well, we're really excited about the change. Um, so we will be getting rid of our Wednesday night Lighthouse programming. Um, and we know change is, not, change is hard. <laughs> and we know that people are kind of struggling with that because it, Wednesday nights are so engaging and there are outreach. Um, but Wednesday nights have been really hard on our volunteers. And when we think about moving to Thursday nights, um, Thursdays are going to look just like Sundays. Um, and the purpose is to really like connect with kids and get in small groups with them. And we're able, we're going to be able to do that more on a Thursday night than what we were doing currently with a Wednesday. Um, it's going to just influ- give, give us more opportunities to influence, um, kids walk with Christ and it's going to let them connect with their peers and connect with small group leaders, um, which is really hard to do when you have large groups of like 25, 30 kids in a group. Uh, we're going to be able just to make it smaller and really um, form those relationships that we were talking about. We were talking this week about a kid who, because this has kind of popped up in some conversations. Hey, my, my, my son or my daughter was, was inviting some friends on a Wednesday night. What, what we were saying and encouraging them with was like, hey, they can still do that on a Thursday night, right? They can bring them, because you're going to try to incorporate some of the aspects of what you were doing on Wednesday night into Thursday night to make it, make it if a kid came and was um, checking out church for the very first time, just like they may, may on a Sunday morning, a Thursday night's going to be very applicable for that. And for a kid that's like, hey, come with me on a Thursday night. And then if it's a kid who maybe their parents are serving on a Sunday, th- they would come back on a Sunday and hear the same thing. But there's never there's never a bad thing of hearing the same lesson twice. And you also said that it's going to look, a, it could potentially look a little different because you could have a different teacher teaching it on a Thursday night than you would on a Sunday morning. Is that right? Absolutely. We would love kids to still invite their friends. Thursday nights, Sunday nights, whenever the doors are open. That's what we want. Um, 
it will look different from Wednesday just because we won't be doing like the competition type game in the gym, and, that kind of um, in the gym. and it gets really rowdy. I don't know if you all been over there on a Wednesday, <laughs> but we get loud. Um, so Thursdays, we're still going to do some of that. Yeah. We're still going to have our small group time. And then after small group time, my hope is to um, do some of those competition games. So the kids aren't like, oh man, where'd all the games go? Um, so it's still going to be fun. Yeah, sure. As far as hearing the same message, um, I think it takes like 30 times to actually understand and remember a story. <laughs> um, so I think it's okay. But it is to like different teachers teach different ways. I could teach something. Matt could teach something, the same story. Sure. And we would teach it differently. We also have videos that we watch um, just to enhance, the, enhance it. Yeah. yeah. Is yours going to change it all pretty much the same as the... Uh, it's going to be the kickoff for the weekend, so we are going to do the similar skit, um, but I have been preparing and setting things up in my area to change things a little bit. I've added uh, TV screens and a projector screen that will be used more um, for my teachers to be able to rely on that material, since it may not be me, it may be someone else. Um, my kids don't get to invite too much. There's not too many two-year-olds running around and inviting their friends to come to church, we are going to actually try to figure a way to make that happen, to invite, because they do have friends. They do have daycare friends. Um, not sure what that's going to look like yet, because in order for my kids to get there, they still have to get a parent to drive them for sure. sure. Yeah. So. Well, it th- I, well, the thing that I keep thinking about when I think about the, the, the ministry um, at this level is, because it is a, a part of, of the overall ministry of, of Shelby Christian Church, is that... I think you guys would agree um, that you have, we have tools at our disposal. We have a great facility, right? The Lord has blessed us with, with this great facility as a tool. We have, we have those resources. We have, some, we have financial resources. We have a church that's very generous. And so you guys have blessed Shelby Christian Church. The Lord has blessed us with some financial resources over the years. And so we have, we have tools. We have facility resources. We have financial resources. The, the one thing that we keep kind of coming back to is really the, the human resources, that we need, that we need to be in, invested in. So what I want to encourage you guys to do in this service and in the next couple of services is to continue to be praying for, for these uh, leaders, for their ministries, for their volunteers, but that also that, that God would raise up uh, uh, some more, some newer, uh, the next generation maybe of, of high school kids, college-age kids, but also adults People that have been kind of involved in a like a service, but that's kind of as far as they've gone. And they're like, all right, God, what's next for me? And that they would just kind of capture the, the vision and the idea of like, you know what? That this is something that I can really, this is an area where I can really help uh, going forward. Because what we're planning for, what we're praying about, what we believe God's going to do here is is incredible. And so when there's 150 kids on a Sunday morning when, when Matt's got a room full of kids over there, two through five, you know, just bouncing off the walls. You can obviously imagine how many adults we need uh, in that room to do those kind of things. Did you guys know, did you all know that we had baptisms this week here? What, uh, so we had, I think we had last Sunday, then we had Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Did you guys know that? We had a baptism uh, all, like, for four or five days in a row. Yeah. And so a lot of those were young people, families, young kids, 
uh, stories, incredible stories of people just bringing their friends, bringing their family members, um, all kinds of really cool things that are happening. And, and a lot of those relationships, a lot of the building blocks and foundational aspects of those decisions when they happen start right here, don't they? They start in, in, at this level in your all's ministries. And so here's what I want you guys to do. I want you just to be praying for these guys. They got We wanted to do this right before kind of summer hits because they're getting ready to go. You know, Tiffany's got camp and all kinds of stuff, and they'll do some family events, and summer gets kind of crazy for them with all kinds of stuff going on because kids are out of school and they're, they're more available for different things. So be praying for them as, as we kind of uh, wrap up a school year, but also gear towards summer and then this fall when, when things are kind of, kind of shift and change. Anything else? else you guys want to share i feel like you've you good um one thing that hit me was i've been here 15 years that's less than both of you all you started in the old building um we're now here and the 15 years i've been here we've changed services and programming four to five times yeah. four times i think um and it's always that fear of change and people getting upset and i don't like that and when i started coming here we were about 500 people now we're over a thousand regularly. Before COVID, we were hitting twelve hundred. Don't be afraid of change. Pray about what God can do through our change. Yep. Well said. Hey, would you guys uh thank these guys? I'm gonna let them go on out. You guys, they're gonna be out in the lobby. Um if you wanna stop by and talk to them about about their ministry and just tell them that you're you're for them, praying for them, they'll be out there in the lobby um after the service. Last thing I wanna say is there's a uh passage of scripture it's actually a whole chapter in luke chapter 18 and and here's what the the writer is doing what luke's doing he's going through and he's just highlighting some of the things that jesus said he's using he said jesus told this parable and jesus did this and then one time jesus said this and so he's kind of this overview of some of the things that jesus had taught and said and been about and he gets to this passage in luke chapter 18 i think it's about verse 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, long in there. And, and there's this scene that Luke tells about how Jesus was, was teaching and he was preaching. And there were some families, some young families with some kids and some babies over to the side. And, and their thought was, if we could get to Jesus, if we could get to Jesus and just let him put his hand on our baby and bless our child, pray for our child. That, that's what we need. And, and there were these families and these kids, and you can imagine there was probably a scene. The disciples come up and they notice this, and they go over and they try, to, they try to tell them to go away. They try to shush them, be quiet, get out here. The Bible says they tried to rebuke them, turn them away, push them off to the side, marginalize them, say, don't be bothered. The adults are over here talking. Let Jesus talk to the adults. You kids and you babies and you young families, you get out of here. You're being, you're causing a disruption. Let the adults talk. And Jesus notices this. And, and what does he do? He stops what he's doing and he looks to, to these families. He looks to his disciples and says, stop. Let them come to me. I want to I wanna see them. I want to talk to them. I want to touch them. And I, and I get this picture of Jesus kind of with the small ones that were walking, the toddlers and, and the ones that are just, and, like, and these babies and these kids and these young families. He kneels down right in the middle of them and they're all kind of gathered around them. And he's loving on them and hugging them and looking them in, in the eye. He's valuing them and he says, let them come to me because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, 
Faith in the Lord looks like this. This is what it looks like. And it's interesting what Jesus was doing there. In a society that said men are important, that men were the only ones that got counted in a census or in a population count. When they counted people, they just counted men. Women were, didn't count. Children didn't count. Boys under the age of 12 didn't count. It was only when you started to become a man. There was no teenage years and no adolescence. You were either a young boy, a child, or you were a man. And it was when you became a man that you counted, that you mattered. And what Jesus does in this moment is he flips that idea upside down. And he says, we all matter. It doesn't matter if you're two and you're a little girl or you're 22 or 32 or 52 and a grown man. You matter to Jesus. And so what we want people in this community to know is that they matter and their kids matter and we're prepared for them. We're ready for them. We want to love on them. We want to love on their parents. And we just want to share Jesus with them. And so what we're asking you guys to do is will you pray about helping us reach families for Jesus? Will you pray about how you can help us equip families for Jesus? And will you pray about how we can make an impact on families for Jesus so that they can make a difference in this world? Would you guys stand with me? I want to pray. Lord God in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity we have together in this place. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the ministry of Shelby Christian Church. I thank you for how you've used it over the years to change my life and everyone in this room's life in some way. You've used an aspect of this ministry to do that. You've used a person. You've used an idea. You've used a message. You've used a relationship. You've used a volunteer. You've used us as we're tools in your hand. And God, we want to continue to reach more people in this community so that they would know the love of your son. Help us to do that, God. Help us to make a way in this community so that's possible for others to come to you so that none would be hindered and all could know how much you love them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We're going to sing this song. Uh, if you come today and you just want to pray with someone, you got something on your heart, on your mind, you've been thinking about a decision, we'll be over at the a decision room after this service. Make your way over there. We'd love to connect with you. But let's just sing this song uh, as we kind of leave out of here today. Let's sing. You
church out for the very first time or been around here just recently, we'd love to connect with you out at the Ob New Wall. You can go out in the lobby and those guys have a gift for you and we'd love to answer any questions you may have about our church. And the last thing is we're doing a thing called Help Build Hope on May the 20, uh, 20th and 21st. Friday night the 20th, Saturday the 21st. And so out here in the back parking lot, we're trying to assemble assemble about 100 volunteers or so uh, to build some walls. You guys have been around for a while, may remember we've done this in the past, to build some walls for a house that's going to go to a a home in Dawson Springs, Kentucky that was destroyed by the tornadoes back in December. And so if you'd be interested in helping out that day, it's a thing that middle school kids can do, high school kids can do, anyone can do. If If you can attempt to take a hammer and hit a nail a piece of wood, you're, you're good for this, okay? There's a sign-up sheet and some more information at the back table. There's a sign-up back there for that. I'm in charge of that. I'll be connecting with you if you, if you do that today or this week. You'll be seeing more about it on our social media, those kind of things. So please be, consider that. Pray about that. Help Build Hope's May 20th and the 21st. Thank you guys for being here today. Let's get out of here. Let's go love God. Let's go love people. Let's go change this world. You guys have a great week.